That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors, and he logged on to 10th year seniors.com. I'm Draymond Green, forward for the Golden State Warriors, and you log on to 10th year seniors.com. Wrapped up it for you. Kids grow up scars that are rubbed down with oil. And life didn't change a bit, but I can't grow apart. For those in my business, there it is. This episode of the 10th Year Seniors Podcast is brought to you by Alive, Shiver Premium Ice Cream, and Bahama Islands Realty. Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast. This is Long Range Two Pointers. I'm Ronaldo, as always, in studio with Tage. Trini Andrew will be joining us later because he's somewhere on the streets of Chicago. I don't want you to think he's a gangbanger. He's on the streets of Chicago doing hipster stuff. It's the new Chicago. North side. Yeah. North side of Chicago. Yeah. So, out of all the things that were swirling around in the NBA landscape this weekend, what I like most about it all is that the NBA is still taking away headlines from football this deep into September. But we finally have it. It's been talked about for years. Mellow is free. Mellow is no longer a New York Nick. Everybody can applaud. Everybody is excited. Everyone is happy. Tage, Mellow's free. Do you think if you ask him about four years ago, if he would be begging his way out of New York to go to Oklahoma City, how do you think he would feel about it? Um, He would have laughed at it because he would not leave New York to go to Chicago. So imagine leaving New York to go to OKC. That was nowhere on his radar at the time. My first thought when I saw this, that Mello would be going to OKC, is does this make Lala happy? I was wondering about it. Like, this is, I was wondering if this means that they're truly done because I feel like he moved to New York for because of his wife. And- yeah, like what, what is this? I mean, forget the basketball implications. Yeah. What does this mean for... The relationship that's possibly on the fringe between Lala and Carmelo was going to OKC kind of a sign that, you know what, I'm giving up the city life. These strippers just ain't for me. Or is he saying, I just need to be as far away from you as possible because you will not stop getting a deed down from Tommy on power? I don't know. Maybe he's fully embraced the hoodie lifestyle and he's going to be a hermit out in the boonies and he's going to focus on basketball and winning a championship. I feel like that's a much better mellow. I feel like I would like that mellow better than the previous mellow we saw in New York. Mellow looks ready, man. Mellow's in shape um, because this is what would happen if you never stop wearing a sweatshirt, no matter what you do. Is he in the best shape of his life? You know how much <laughs> journalists and every basketball pundit, not even limiting it to basketball, all sports, they love the best shape of your life off-season stories. We should start doing that with all jobs, by the way. Yeah. Best shape of your life. Trump's not in the best shape of his life. He's in. You know what? This may be the best shape of his life, though. He's in the worst shape of his life. <laughs> That's, that dude looks like a like a like Humpty Dumpty on legs. <laughs> and his leadership fully displays that. Okay, so Carmelo Anthony is on his way to OKC, formulating what people assume to be a new big three, along with Russell Westbrook. Paul George, um, what, who fills out the rest of their roster? I think Patrick Patterson, of course, Steven Adams is still there, and whatever the hell else comes off of that bench. But Did they trade self-check? No, self-check is still going to be there. They sent Doug McDermott, Enos Cantor, 
and a future second round pick. I feel to like New York. I feel like the lead has been buried there. I feel like the real story here is that Doug McDermott is going to get a shot in New York. That is a good one, but I want to start someplace else. I'm not. That's not the real story. <laughs> I tried. I couldn't. I couldn't keep it. Funny enough, and I made fun of this. Uh, Andrew always has these really obscure points in a trade that he thinks is going to play out and be the biggest story years down the line. I bet you he's going to say it's Doug McDermott. I feel like it's Ennis Cantor. Here's the thing, and I wanted to start with Ennis Cantor because he was very vocal with the whole KD thing. Of course, he was super anti-KD when all of the... There's always a back and forth, even with the latest thing about KD and his fake tweets and all that. Sorry, his fake account with his tweets and all that. Cantor was the one to speak out first, and he was so staunch, you know, pro OKC. I love this administ- I, I love this front office. I love the fans. I love this city, and he is always caping for OKC. Couple days later, you gone, bro. I guess he won't cape for another team like that. I still don't understand how you could cape for a team that left an entire city. My thing is, why would you cape for any of it when, at the drop of a dime, when they you- get a better offer? Your ass is out of there. So all the time that he was ragging on KD for what he did, and KD took control of his own destiny, Cantor just had to get a phone call and said, you're no longer useful to us. You are out of here. Which one do you prefer? I mean, I guess he's not on that level. (laughs) Of course he isn't, but I mean, shoes, you should still want people to be able to control and dictate that, though. Like, why would you you even be against that? I don't know, but I guess he learned today. He learned a lesson that KD... He learned today. He learned today. He learned a lesson that KD learned when he... I think he said something about LeBron leaving in Miami. I think he called it weak. Yeah. And he learned, which I guess I don't know. I don't know how he felt that way when he moved with the team from Seattle, which is a perfectly good city. To Oklahoma, which, I mean, the most important thing to happen there before the team moved there was that a building got blown up. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't see. Took, took a dark turn. I mean, my thing is, I just wanted to, and I know that has, it really doesn't have anything to do with Melo, but I just wanted to start at this point because this issue of player movement and the way people look at it and how people look at it based on who's making the decision is always a fascinating one for me because for all of those people that would have negative things to say about somebody moving in free agency, now you got nothing to say when that dude gets traded because it's okay based on who gets to make the call. It's does, stupid. Does Ennis end up in a Spike Lee movie? Nah. I want that to happen. Spike Lee movies like super weird now. Oh. What was the last one? Was it Chirac? Did he have one after Wasn't Chirac? Was it like a musical? It, it was god-awful. I didn't know what to expect from it, and it was terrible. I wasn't going to watch it, but then I heard it was a musical, so I definitely didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah so. Smart choice. Yeah. Okay, so, Melo is up out of there. We talked about the big three. Three of the players with the highest uh, top 20 usage rates in the league last year, they are going to expect to coexist. Russell Westbrook immediately took to Instagram because in the 21st century, this is how we interact with our superstars when news breaks. And he was playing too much sauce in the background of an IG post. So in from in one off season, we went from people, you know, lamenting that Russ has to do too much because this roster is basically a poo-poo platter. Obviously, he had to average a triple-double. Now you're you've got two all-stars, one future Hall of Famer next to you. How well do you see this working for OKC? I struggle to envision how Russell Westbrook plays alongside those guys. Not that I think that he I, he can't. I just... 
It's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, he's a balls-to-the-wall, 100 miles an hour, always dominating the ball guy. And Melo is a kind of ISO, clear-out, slow-down guy, and Paul George is Paul George. So, I mean, he can't average a triple-double with those guys. He shouldn't want to. If, th- if they're going to be good, he can't do that. Um, And I don't I, I don't know. Like it, It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. My, I mean, my thought process towards it is is this, right? Even with the best teams, it takes a while for that chemistry to to materialize over the course of the season. And that's when you have you have willing passers, when you have players that have completely different styles than these guys. It took LeBron, Wade, and Bosch a while, and those guys are all willing passers. They play much differently than this trio did. And also Eric Spolster had to reinvent basketball, basically. He had to adopt a Mike D'Antoni type thing where they spread. I think he said he, he went to like Chip Kelly for inspiration. Is Russell Westbrook's spite so strong that he will completely tailor his game to what Paul George and Carmelo Anthony wants to do to be able to achieve optimum success? But is what they want to do the way to optimum success? I have no idea. Me neither. Like, none of the, like, this is wild because it's. The, the ceiling is so high, but I mean, but the I don't know. Is this could this work? I mean, and I at the same time I think OKC did the right thing because I mean, what else do you do? You get the best players you can, and then you work it out. <laughs> like, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, for listen for OKC, if you have a chance to get Carmelo Anthony for Cantor, who never pl- listen, you can talk about Melo's defense all you want. Cantor plays even less. <laughs> he pl- he plays no defense. At all, so it doesn't even matter. And then you get Doug McDermott, who probably is going to be a journeyman stretch four for his entire career, future set crown pick. Basically a poo-poo platter. I think that's fine. I think that's more than fine. That's great for OKC yeah. to be able to get Carmelo Anthony. And you've got to take the shot. You have no idea if all three of these guys could be out of there in the 2018 and 2019 season. So you've got no idea what's coming. Why not... Go all in just for this one season right here and let the chips fall where they may. Why not? I mean, let's, let's have fun. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to lose in a division where the Warriors still exist and the Rockets just got Chris Paul. It's funny, too, because, I mean, I still don't think they could beat the Warriors. But we'll talk about that later. No, of course not. It's, I mean, no, we could get into it right now. With this change, with getting Carmelo Anthony and Patrick Patterson, where, where do the... Thunder shape up in the Western Conference. How far ahead does this vault them now? Can it be Houston? That's, I don't think they that's can. That's kind of a toss-up right there. I don't think anybody beats the Warriors. I tell you what, they're going to be a hell of a 2K team. They're going to be a great 2K team. I don't know. I think they're still third best-case scenario in the Western Conference. Possibly Maybe. fourth if the Spurs... The Spurs are the Spurs, so you never expect them to drop beyond they're number gonna, four. They're going to robotically win... 60 games. Yeah, so you could pencil them pencil them in for at least 55. Yeah. So I figure the Spurs are always going to be top 3. Um I don't think this gets the Thunder anywhere beyond third. And not to not to disparage the move. Like we said we think it's a great move. It's just that the best move they can make. The rest of the West is just so stacked though. What do you does Carmelo's willingness to leave New York? I mean after remember like I remember when he was from Baltimore and then he wanted to to go to New York. You think he's, he's from OKC now? Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like, you think like the his willingness to leave New York, the city that he was born in and that he loves. I'm using air quotes. Is that 
pivot, like a change in his mindset? Do you think he's willing to embrace like a different position and embrace being the third option on a team? Dog, I want to leave the city I was born in so bad. Me too. Like, I don't understand why these niggas so attached to that. I want to leave the city I was born I mean, in tomorrow. You're not born in New York. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, he was he was born in New York like Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn. Exactly. Like, he wasn't really, he was not really you from don't there. See, you don't see Jordan caping for Brooklyn, bro. Yeah, but I mean, but I would love to leave the city. I mean, if you were born in New York, you'd want to go home too, I bet. I think, I think um, that's obviously been Melo's approach. And a lot of people thought, you know what, this maturation came late in the game, but better late than never, right? Like yeah. we mentioned earlier, when he had the opportunity to go to Chicago, and that was at a time when Chicago would have been a contender, it may, may have still been contenders if that team stayed healthy and stayed together. He didn't do it then. A lot of things happened in his personal life, and he saw how the landscape of the NBA changed since then. So you've got to say to yourself, look, nobody's doing this on their own at all. And if you want to be remembered, if if his legacy means something to him, I have to be more than just the dude that balls out on Team USA. But but does this does this maturation translate? How do you think this translate on the court? Is he going to play the four? Is well, he is he going to just play off the ball like he does in Team USA and just fill it up? Like I, yeah, I it's an interesting question because both Melo and Paul George have been resistant to play the small ball four in their respect their previous respective teams. Yeah. Uh, Paul George said how he would not do that in Indiana. Melo didn't really want to do that, and that was the problem with the Porzingis lineup. But one of them's going to have to do it now. Yeah, I mean, especially well, Canton Neville was like a great rebounder. Nah, but I mean, uh, uh, Adams takes up a lot of space in there. I mean, and that's a six ten and a six nine guy, and Westbrook gets a lots of re- gets a lot of rebounds. So I like I don't know, they go positionless with. Yeah, it's probably going to be a lot of fluid, positionless basketball. And Take the Warriors, for example. A lot lot of times, KD wound up being the five in their lineup of death, and he was the rim protector. Do the Thunder present a similar type of lineup? And I'm guessing Paul George would have to be that guy because, my God, is Melo going to be your last line of defense? defense? But a lot of, see, yeah, but the Warriors, their, their small ball, their pivot towards small ball came... Because of the willingness to Draymond of Draymond Green to go in there and like I saw him I saw him lock up like Marcus Saul who's like seven foot three he's like six six he guarded him he was willing to get up in there and get dirty and mix it up with the big fellas and Durant was two to an extent so I don't know if these guys have that mentality like I think this is great for for Paul George because as as great as Paul George is I never really saw Paul George as the guy on a team that's gonna win a championship. He's I think second guy. Yeah, I think Paul George is a great second option. I yeah. think Paul George is a second option on a team that that can win. It's all going to be on which because I think we have an idea what we're going to get from from Russ. We know what we're going to get from Paul George. I don't think anybody has any idea what they're going to get from Melo. I mean, honestly, I looked up his numbers over the past couple of years and he's been kind of consistent across the board. It's just. But I think he's going to have to be the one to make the biggest change. In yeah. this scenario, he's going to have to be Chris Bosh. Russ's game isn't going to change. Paul George's mm-hmm. isn't going to change Nor much. Nor should it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Paul George's isn't going to change much. So it'll have to be Melo that's going to be the one to be something different in this lineup. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Look at us all in NFL season talking about NBA. Basketball never stops. I wonder what Lala thinks. Is she going to OKC? Lala ain't going to OKC, bro. She's starting to get more roles. Go she, to OKC and do what? She didn't even like Denver. Denver, by all accounts, is kind of nice. Exactly. Which is... 
who does this though? Because you start. He's going back to the Midwest. I don't know, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to OKC. Let's New York. let's take it from the the New York <laughs> side of things. Um, the Knicks, I feel, are still recovering from the idiotic draft mistake of not taking Dennis Smith Jr. and taking Frank, whatever his name is, Frank the Tank. Yeah, taking Every- taking another. How many successful Franks are there? Uh, I don't know. Frank. Luke. No, he's a snitch. Frank. Luke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was successful though. He's a rat. <laughs> he successfully ratted and got a lot of time knocked off his sentence. Way to go, Frank Lucas. Uh, there's Sinatra. Um, the greatest Frank of all time. Is Kaminsky. He's regarded as successful, isn't he? He's an NBA player. Any famous Franks in the Bahamas? Yeah, politicians. I don't know. Frank Watson. I guess he was He got successful. a road name after him. Yeah, he yeah. got a road name after him. Usually people got to win like gold medals for that kind of That's shit. That's the measure happen. of success in the bomb is getting yeah. a road name Okay, after so maybe. All right, so the Knicks took a Frank instead of taking the obvious choice in Dennis Smith Jr. that could have single-handedly brought your franchise back when you pair him alongside Porzingis. But they went in another direction. And before this, their biggest off-season acquisition was what? Tim Hardaway Jr.? Yeah, who's a kind of solid acquisition. Not for what they got him Not for. Not for what they got him for, that because you had him for dumb. much less. <laughs> like, that was kind of dumb. But, yeah, uh, I guess the Porzingis era is upon us. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. You have no choice unless it's now going to be the Cantor era. So Cantor gets to start now, right, presumably? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Because I thought you wanted Porzingis next to, like, a space-filling five. Or you wanted him to play the five. I have no idea what this team is going to do. Is Jeff Hornacek still the coach? I really don't know anything about who's the Knicks. It? I was going to ask who's the coach. Are they going to run? Are, is Phil going to make them run a triangle? Phil is still there? Oh, no. Did they fire him? They fired him, didn't they? I don't know. <laughs> I think they fired him. This is the most uninformed basketball podcast you can listen to uh, on the internet. I'm pretty. Yeah, I think they fired him. Okay, so the new Porzingis era, because that's clearly what this is. And now Cantor gets to say. Uh, he loves New York more than anything else. I wish he caped like this for the University of Kentucky. You still owe me a national championship for being ineligible. Is he going to Millie Rock? On any block? Yeah, I set you up for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What to th- I mean, I hate judging winners and losers on trades because I don't think it makes much sense in the grand scheme of things because we won't know who... I mean, there's no way to tell who's the winner and loser right away, obviously. But to feed into the sports radio and sports talk narrative, you have to do it. It's the Thunder, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that was easy. I mean, like, maybe they're trying to... They got $30 million off the cap. And Janice Antetokounmpo, I think his deal is going to be up in a couple of years. I'm looking up right now. And there's a couple. Of people, maybe they're trying to bring some free agents in, like what the Knicks do. Who knows? Like it's not like they're gonna draft solid. They don't do that. So maybe they're eyeing somebody in free agent to bring in. I'm sorry, I, I'm not informed. I mean, there was there was a whole lot of talk before this happened. Um, the Mellow deal was one of the biggest storylines in the off season. It was there. It peaked. It kind of went away. There are a lot of things that placed it on the back burner. It ignited after Kyrie Irving's weird TV appearances came and went. And so the Mello, the Mello trade that was supposed to be done by Monday, obviously it was done a few days prior. Houston was in the mix. There were even some rumblings about Portland, but my two idiotic star players keep saying how they don't want to play with anyone else. I hate them. I don't know what Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are doing. You know Should who lost in this trade? Houston. 
Yeah, I, I listen, if he went to Houston, I looked at that as a real challenge to the Warriors. They could take on the Warriors if, if he went to Houston. I don't think this team is equipped as well as Houston no. would be with Melo to no, take this, on the Warriors. This was a win for the Warriors here because Melo goes to Houston, that could possibly shift the balance of power. I don't think this does. I'm interested what caused a deal to Houston or to somewhere else to fall through and for OKC to kind of be the team that rose to the forefront. Because I remember a while back, Bill Simmons tweeted that OKC and Melo's camp were circling each other, but I think a lot of people brushed that off. I mean, yeah, because it's OKC. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I just read that Cleveland was trying to get in on the trade, but I think... New York asked for Tristan Thompson, and apparently they didn't want to give him Tristan Thompson. Why would you not want... I mean, you're going to need those three rebounds in the finals. Because that's what he does. You're going to need six fouls, I guess. I don't know. So, they didn't want to give a Tristan Thompson for a guy who scored 22 a game last year. Um, I don't know what happened with Houston. Um, i got to look that up. But, I guess it is what it is. Let's call Trini Andrew and see what he thinks about this whole thing. Here at Alive, we are taking one sweet deal and making it twice as nice by giving you double data forever. That's right, from September 1st, all Alive plants are better than ever. Keep your number when you switch to Alive and get more. Switch today and get double data all day, every day, forever. It's a new day. We are Alive. All right, so joining us on the line as we continue our conversation about Free Mellow, hashtag Free Mellow, Free Hoodie Mellow, and the one without the hoodie. Free him from everything except Lala, by the way, because he still wants her. Trini Andrew joining us on a live line just before he does some fancy bougie stuff and heads to the beach. Andrew, what's good? What's good? You know, I'm enjoying the beach. That's something that Camelo will no longer get to say as he's going over to Oklahoma City. Yeah, but see, I think... Overall, he's going to be a happier person, which would lead him to do more beach stuff. And they come down to the Bahamas and do their whole banana boat thing anyway. So I think Melo's going to be fine. I mean, the thing about Melo is people forget that he used to play in Denver. He spent like, what, eight years there? Then decided the Midwest wasn't, if even that's the Midwest, wasn't good. He didn't like going to the playoffs every year. He didn't like the Western Conference Finals. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, let me go to New York for the prestige and be the star. Now he's going back to Oklahoma to, you know, do the same thing, except as a third wheel. I think it's it's interesting that you say that because he, he did the, the natural progression that we see. You're playing in the Midwest, you want more attention. So naturally you go to the coast, you go to the bigger market. So he started there, went to the bigger market, went to the coast, and now he reverts back to the Midwest. I, I don't get, do, do people do that? Is this a thing? Well, I have never been to Oklahoma City, so I really don't have a basis for comparison, but I've pretty much been to nearly all of the other basketball teams. And let's be real, there's a difference between living in any city and living in a city when you're a multi-multi-famous millionaire. So during the basketball season, it's not like they go to Oklahoma City bars. Oklahoma City, I'm pretty sure, is a nice, it's a nice city. You know, they travel all the time, and in the off-season, they spend their time in L.A. and New York. So the whole playing for a small market thing is really sort of overblown. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're playing in Utah. Yeah, I, th- I think it has been. And the way the NBA is now in the 21st century, it's I don't think it's that 
big of a deal because when KD was in Oklahoma City, he was getting more endorsements than just about anybody. So you can do it from a small market. I'm just thinking of the the actions that Carmelo has shown. You know, he had multiple chances to leave New York, but he didn't, which led to led you to believe that you know winning wasn't the top priority it was money it was exposure so that's why we thought you know the knicks were the big get for him i'm guessing we can assume now that his mindset kind of changed on that seeing that this is the twilight of his career yes yes but what is interesting is that he had ample opportunity to get players to come to new york and he declined because now as you see that he's going to oklahoma city to be the third wheel he could have tried to get somebody to come as a free agent. The Knicks have a lot of cap space and be like, yo, you know, we have potentially the number nine pick. We have Pausingus. We have me. Come over here. You know, we could do something. We could definitely be the second seed in the East. But he's like, you know what? Nah, I'll just wait it out for Houston or Oklahoma City or Cleveland. And that to me is the, the most curious aspect of all of this. Is it strange that? You know, when you think of Carmelo Anthony in his place in basketball history, this is the haul that a team gets for a player like him? Has his stock gone down that much, or is it just a matter of, you know, just any deal to make something work? But when I think of Carmelo Anthony, I don't think of Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott, and a second-round pick being enough. Well, I mean, you know, I study contracts, and I, you know, I've done it in NFL, I've done it in baseball, and I've done it in basketball. And Carmelo Anthony and obviously Paul George, this is basically the last year of their contract, even though next year is a player option. So regardless of how good you are as a star, except for LeBron or maybe KD, you're not going to get any return of investment when you're trading someone in the last year of their contract. So um, unless you have at least two years on your contract, no matter how good you are of an all-star, and Carmelo is not young enough. He's, what, 32, turning 33? So he literally only has, like, three more years in the NBA in general. So the haul was terrible, but conceivably, you know, where there's no trade clause, they could not have got anything better in return. Yeah, and the Thunder front office, I guess, what this is is them going all for it right now, like right away, because both Westbrook and Carmelo have that player option in 2018, 2019. And so I guess... We can look at this as them just trying to convince Russell Westbrook, look, this is why you got to stay. Because there have been rumblings about Russell Westbrook possibly bolting, but this is the Thunder front office, I think, doing the exact opposite of everything they've done before. They're trying to satisfy their star to make him stay. Well, I mean, this is... Everybody's pivoting left and the Thunder going right, which I like, because this is the only team where their top three players could all leave next year. You know, so... It's actually pretty amazing because you never, you rarely ever see that in the NBA. In fact, I don't think that's ever happened before. Like next year, all three of them could conceivably be playing in LA or Oklahoma or who knows, even some random team. I've been here like in Portland. The, the Nets. I've been here yeah, in Portland. The Nets, Portland, or, you know, maybe the 76ers. You don't know, you know, so. I think it's not going to be the 76ers. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised. I, I'm actually low-key thinking that um, Brian Colangelo is going to try to get a lot of people being like, hey, you know, we have our core. We have all of this money, you know, come and jump in the bandwagon for two years and play along all of these number one picks. Yeah, It's a good strategy. I like this strategy. Okay. So, um, 
the, the interesting thing about the roster makeup now for OKC, you know, everyone's going to look at it as new big three. That We love the big three thing. Like, it's a new phenomenon, but it's always been there in basketball. But the interesting about this big three, this is three of the top 20 players in the league last year for their usage rates. And you already have detractors. You know, I'm not in that, that group of people that say that old adage, there's only one ball to go around, blah, blah, blah. I don't generally do that, but the way these three guys play... I'm very interested in how this is going to work because this isn't like this isn't like Chris Paul and James Harden, two guys that are very unselfish with the ball. This is Russell Westbrook, uh, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George, all number one options, all people with high usage rates, all people that make plays with the ball in their hands. How is this going to play out? Well, that, this is actually easy because they occupy different parts of the floor so when Westbrook gets Westbrook gets a rebound he goes straight line on the right side um Paul George likes to play on the left side of the top of the key and you know Carmelo just lives on the block whether it's on the right or left side so and you know Carmelo's kind of lazy so you know Westbrook is, is he still gonna do his one man he's gonna do his one man fast breaks while Carmelo like jogs up the floor and, you know, Carmelo is a really underrated offensive rebounder. So when Westbrook, you know, misses, he's going to be there. And Paul George is going to live out of those kickouts. So the only problem is going to be, like, when it comes down to the last shot. So I think that's where they're going to have most of the issues trying to figure out, like, all right, who's going to be the alpha? Who's going to be responsible for the last shot? Oh, Andrew, Russ is taking the shot. Like, <laughs> you don't even have to worry about it because he's going to be the one they're inbounding the ball to. Russ ain't giving that ball up when it comes to the last shot. I am sorry. Nothing about what I've seen in Russell Westbrook's career thus far leads me to believe that he's given that up for the last shot. That ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, oh, I mean, go ahead. In terms of usage rates, uh, I think a lot of people forget exactly how many shots a team sends up these days. So... Like in the 90s, in the Michael Jordan time, a team would sometimes shoot like 78 shots a game, maybe 82. Nowadays, it's not uncommon for a team to send up like 90 shots in a game. And for any star, attempting 20 shots a game is a lot. So there's easy 60 to 70 shots to go around for the three of them. And obviously, you know, Steven Adams and Andre Robertson, they're not going to be shooting. And Patrick Parkinson is just going to stand in the corner and do kickout three. So their usage rates should pretty much be similar to their career averages. So who's going to be the one? Because both Paul George and Carmelo Anthony have made a big deal about not wanting to play the four. Who's going to be the one that has to make that shift and play the small ball four in, in this scenario? Or are neither one of them going to have to do it and they're just going to go big with Patterson and Steven Adams? Yeah, Paul George is, is basically, he's always been a shooting guard who just happened to grow, was it the two inches taller? So he's Yeah, I, rem- he's I remember those stories were huge. When his, his second year in the league, he grew to 6'10 and everybody was losing their minds. <laughs> yeah, so he's going to play, you know, shooting guard. Carmelo will be small forward. And, you know, I think what you might end up seeing is... Carmelo playing more of a small ball center instead of Paul power forward, like when they're playing against like you know other teams going small. So I don't think power forward is the issue. I don't think any of them will play power forward. One of them might have to play center when Stephen Adams sits. Yeah, because you saw Durant do, does a lot of that for the Warriors. He actually plays the five in there, and he's a fairly good rim protector. I don't see how Carmelo Anthony is go- is going to play that role in. It, 
in a lineup where he's the small ball center. Good God. How many points is this team going to give up? Well, you know, as long as they score one more point and they give up, that's all that matters. I feel like that's Russell Westbrook's reasoning. Like, you have talked to him directly because (laughs) you had to have talked to him directly. I feel like that's his approach to this entire thing. Okay, before we let you go, uh, frolic off to the beach, where do the Thunder finish in the Western Conference? I think in the regular season, they're definitely going to finish second. Is that? I mean, they have a lineup that hits everything. You know, they have the interior rebounding. They're tall. They basically will trot out the tallest starting lineup, I think, in the league. They're athletic. They're hungry. And, you know, they're desperate. And they definitely have the role players off the bench. You know, Andre Robinson is going to do all the dirty work. Jeremy Grant is... You know, he's going to do the athleticism, especially when half of those players are going to take nights off. And I'm not sure exactly how is this going to work in the playoffs, but definitely in the regular season, you can pencil them in for like 57 wins. Easy. You always have, oh, you know what I forgot to ask? You always have one obscure person that's in a trade that you feel like it was a big factor and none of us ever agree with you. Who is your person like that in this trade? You always have I one. I think um, <laughs> Doug McDermott of course. Is, is the... <laughs> Of course, of course. This is the this is the kind of trade that, like, in two years, it can't be like, oh, he was a Trojan in the trade, and now he's averaging twenty points, or it could be like he was included in the trade and he's out of the league midway through next season. I just really don't know about this guy. Nobody does. Not even his dad. Yeah. All right. All right. You be safe in the streets of Shy Town. Don't go to the South Side. <laughs> All right. All right. Take it easy. All that on-the-court stuff is great. Uh, We're done with that, though. The real joy of the NBA and why the NBA is always in the headlines is because we love what happens off the court just as much. Nah, it's great. And especially in a league like this where players have so much power. Yeah, this is our soap opera. Like, this is the best it gets for us. So this is what we're going to ride with. So it was media day. Sorry. It was media day all around the NBA. Well, at least it started for some teams last week and the question of the white house visit came up during warriors media day and we all know how stephen curry and a lot of players feel about donald trump and visiting the white house and steph curry just basically stayed on message with what he's been saying before i mean about that ass (laughs) yeah i I ain't about that action if you don't believe in what someone believes in you feel no obligation to engage in any pleasantries with that person and a white house visit is an invitation all invitations have the right to be either accepted or denied i don't see what the problem is me neither and i don't and it's funny though because the president got really hurt about it he actually rescinded the invitation after members of the warriors said that they're not going to go which is hilarious is this the most the most eighth grade thing that a sitting commander-in-chief has ever done because it's you know what eight year old not eighth grade because this is a person who already said he's not coming to your event and then after the fact, you say, you know what? Well, you don't get to come to my event. I think it's funny because you said Steph Curry hesitated and is like... No, that was, it wasn't a hesitation. Was it, no, it was, it was no. a flat-out rejection. It was like, no, I'm not coming. So it's it's hilarious. And then LeBron called him a bum. The, oh, let's, <laughs> oh let, let's, get to, let's get into that, though. Because after Steph Curry got the whole thing started, I feel like LeBron saw that and he couldn't take it. Now, all of this also ties into what... Trump came out on Friday and said about NFL players kneeling down when he made 
uh, a part of his stump speech in Alabama when he said, "Of course, Alabama," because <laughs> that's where this shit happened, right? Yeah, no. I I wish Saban's players knelt. But anyway, so I heard Saban is a Democrat. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's he, donated. Yeah, like he doesn't millions. Yeah, he but he keeps it kind of on a low because because yeah. Alabama. Because yeah, exactly. But because it's Alabama, and he just doesn't want people talking about it. But, but he's kind of like liberal, deep. Isn't he, he hasn't even said like players should get paid. I don't know about that. I heard part. he said. I heard he said something like that. Like he's kind of a, he's kind of liberal. So Trump was in Alabama, and as we know, he's kind of. He kind of has the approach of a professional wrestler, so he gets gassed up by the crowd. And knowing what your crowd is like in Alabama, he calls players that kneel in protest of police brutality. Because let's make this clear distinction. This is in no way, shape, or form a protest against the American flag. It almost has nothing to do with the American flag. It's a protest against police brutality. That is what it's about. Yeah, definitely. So... He said any players that protest that are sons of bitches and the owner should walk down and fire them immediately and all black celebrities lost it. They're going to fire Marshall and Lynch? They begged him to come back. Like, they, like I, I think that was the best protest to me, Marshawn Lynch, because he was like, y'all asked me to come back. I'm here. Fuck this. I'm sitting. Like, I'm out. And, uh, oh, man, I, th- I he was just playing his bass, man. He was in Alabama. They like, They really like stuff like that. Trust me. He wanted to get a response as good for his ego. And then he came for Steph Curry, who was like, I don't think Steph Curry is like the one. Does anybody beef with Steph Curry other than LeBron? Like, you don't go at the Currys. This is like the real life Cosby's. Yeah, like, no, like, people still defend Bill Cosby, and he's an admitted rapist. Like, I don't know if they raped anybody, but like, it's just not the one. The Currys are the actual Huxtables. Yeah, like, Steph Curry is not the one to come for. I mean, I thought he was going to come for him when he called him an ass earlier this year. So LeBron sent the first shot across the bow. LeBron, LeBron, first of all, this is how you know LeBron was heated, right? Because he ain't, he ain't checked that for grammatical nah. correctness. He ain't checked that for spelling or whatever. LeBron was just like, I got to get these out. I got to get this you, out like right now. I hate this all, nigga so much. First of all, would Jordan call like like Ronald Reagan a bum? No, because no. Jordan was just happy to dunk for his supper. Jordan didn't care. He just wanted people to buy shoes. This is such a great time. I think we're back to like Jim Brown and Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. This is, it's it's the it's the pre-Jordan social activism of athletes because Jordan and his approach to it became the standard bearer. He he really was the living epitome of stick to sports. And the thing is, I feel like LeBron today is so much more powerful than Jordan was in 1996. He can he can I think he can do things. Off the court, that Jordan just wasn't able to do. Yeah. Like, call a sitting president a bum. I feel like Jordan, <laughs> he might be the most powerful black man in America. Yo, this is how I know it was real, right? I saw when, like I said, LeBron started to, started the wave. Everyone started going in after that. Everyone from people in the media, people in movies, people that play other sports... Music, everyone was going in, right? This is how I know it is real, and this is how I know this man still has so much clout. LeBron is going to be president of the U.S. When Kobe posted about it, I was like, what? shit. Look at Kobe. What did Kobe post on? Yo, Kobe, um, basically, I mean, Kobe was saying a lot of the same stuff that everyone else is saying, right? Like, POTUS is an idiot. POTUS is divisive. This that's, is horrible for our entire country. I feel like it was such a big deal with Kobe doing that. No, nah, that's strong because Kobe stays out of those things. He mm-hmm. absolutely did. You know what it is? Kobe got time now. 
I mean, I think Kobe was on a Jordan program too. Was he was? Life. I mean, his whole life was on the Jordan program. But dog, now Kobe has time, and I am interested to see where that goes. Like, not the rest of the dudes that are playing; they still have to focus and at some point concentrate on making free throws and all of that junk. Kobe got time though. I got the Kobe tweet. Uh, hashtag POTUS, whose name alone creates division and anger, whose words inspire dissension and hatred, can't possibly make America great again. Drop a bomb, Flex. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's that's how it goes down. I still got the you bomb tweet up on on, on Twitter. I oh, mean, that's, that's just great, great, right? So what's the... We saw there was a lot more kneeling, a lot more arms locking in protests in the NFL this past Sunday. What is this reaction going to be like when the NBA rolls around? Because the NBA is the blackest of all the leagues. The NBA is the most anti-Trump of all the leagues. I mean, we've had coaches like multiple, like three coaches that we know so far went off on Donald Trump. Even the white guys in the NBA don't like him. Greg Popovich woke, though. Yeah, him, Steve Kerr, Van Gundy went Van off. Van Gundy on. went off on him. So and I, now, now it's hitting baseball because Bruce Maxwell of the oh, is it's Bruce Bryce Maxwell. Maxwell. Bryce Maxwell. Okay, sorry, I'm horrible at baseball. Anyway, the guy from the Oakland A's, he became the first baseball player to kneel and do this. That right? won't go well for him. That's it's part a little white. But what if the? I mean, yes, it's the starchest and oldest and whitest of the major sports. But what if more baseball players start to do this? Where are white people gonna go? I don't know. Uh, How are white people gonna escape? <laughs> How are white people gonna escape this if this happens? <laughs> stick this. No, nah, no more stick to sports. Nah, no more stick to sports. Bump that. Jamel Hill told you why nobody's sticking to sports. I feel like Bryce Maxwell is like the perfect person to do that too. His, one, both of his parents are military. I think he's born on. You said that right? Yeah, he's born on a military base and he's light skinned. Like, forget it. Is it going to catch on in in Major League Baseball no, is my not. question. No, it's absolutely not going to. I mean, th- all of the unwritten rules basically are tailor-made to keep baseball as white, pristine and as plainly white, as, white yeah. as, as the chalk lines in the infield. Yeah, so I don't think that happens. Baseball is a super white sport. I mean, they have, like, Hispanic young men, but I think they try to, try to keep them quiet as they could, which is kind of sad, but... I don't know. I feel like I feel. I sense a protest season. I feel like the whole NBA. I'm here for it. I want the NBA to be as outlandish with this as possible. I want like suck it Trump jerseys. <laughs> I, I want it all. I want. I, I want it to happen. Oh man, I can't wait for the season to get started. It's gonna be great. Media day for more teams. They're about to get into it this week, so there is going to be a whole lot of people saying a whole lot more things. Like, what is greatest about this is we don't have to pay attention to football this week. Not at all. Football sucks. What I like is the. I want to talk about this. Did you see the 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 Warriors jersey, the black one for the city when they pretend they like Oakland? Yeah. They even, even, they even though they wouldn't put the name on the team. Or you pretend to love Oakland so much. That you want to move to, that San, you Francisco. Want to, move to San Francisco. And you That's refuse. Great. You've been there for like 40 years and you wouldn't put your name on the team. That's the same tattoo that Damian Lillard has on his chest. They they look, they look like Oakland like uh, like Carmelo is from, from New York. Same thing. Yeah. Same rules apply. Yeah, when I man. saw that uniform, I was like, Jesus Christ, Damian Lillard is leaving Portland this first chance he gets. I, I roll my eyes. I'm like, come on, man. Like, come on. <laughs> All right. We're out here. This has been Long Range Two Pointers. I can't wait to see what else people say about Media Week. It's going to be incredible. 
State ME70. Trump is gonna go insane on Twitter all week. He did, he's not even gonna wo- worry about North Korea. What if he it's tweets us? All about NBA can we troll him until he tweets us? I'm getting out of here before you continue this line of question.